This is how we overcome it. Moving on, keep it up. Reaching to the world. Arms open, arms open, yeah. This is how we practice. Well, welcome back to Crazy Face Talk. I'm Sarah. I'm Erica. And I'm Steve. So, friends, we are in the midst of a series that we've been doing for about three weeks now about things that everybody thinks and will swear are in the Bible, but really are not. So we've covered things like God helps those who help themselves. And if you would just pray more or have believed more, or believed harder than X would not would or would not have happened. And last week we talked about um, money being the root of all evil, or as the Bible would say, the love of money as being the root of all evil. So where are we taking this week's episode? So today we're going to be looking at a phrase that is ubiquitous, that's all over the place. And like other well-known phrases, people often just go, yeah, it's the Bible. The phrase we're looking at this time is, this too shall pass. And maybe this is a place to say, um, unlike, say, last time where we were dealing with sort of a half-remembered corrupted Bible verse, this too shall pass as a sentence doesn't exactly show up exactly anywhere in the Bible, even though our conversation might say the other places in the Bible that sort of echo that sentiment about the transient of things, uh, especially of this physical life. Um, but the origin of that particular phrase is kind of Bible adjacent. Um, can you say a little bit more about the history, Sarah? Yeah, so um, I looked this up and there is a, um, there is a retelling of a fable called Solomon's Seal, which was written down by the English poet Edward Fitzgerald. And in it... Um, Solomon asks his wise men to come up with a sentence or a phrase or a motto for him that will always be true. And they come up with, and this too shall pass away. So the challenge in people remembering this as something from the Bible is that in the fable, it's attributed to the biblical figure of King Solomon, who's remembered for being super duper wise. And because a book that is in the Bible is often connected with Solomon, the book called Ecclesiastes. And the book of Ecclesiastes has a recurring refrain that is a less positive way of saying this too shall pass. The phrase in Ecclesiastes is vanity of vanities, everything is vanity, or vapor, everything is like breath or vapor that'll disappear. So it feels like, okay, it's not exactly in the Bible, but the Bible sure has a book that's all about how everything that you think is going to be solid is going to turn out to not be solid after all. Yep. It turns out everything's going to eventually pass away or die. Yeah. And the, the lovely thing about that original fable you're talking about is that it's meant to be whatever you're going through. If you're going through a bad time, it won't last forever. If you're going through a good time, don't get too comfortable because it's not going to last forever. It's that sense of the transient um that helps us maybe not to put stock in the things that won't last and to ride out the things that are difficult but also not to take for granted the things uh that we like that are not going to be forever yeah and i think i personally love this phrase like um i think that it is comforting at times um but i am also one of those people who really grasp onto this this phrase this motto 
during the bad times, during the mm -hmm. difficult times, I don't really do the same thing when life is going well, because I don't like to think of that those times in my lives as being temporary. Like I'm like, but very much, this is something that brings me comfort in the struggles of knowing that whatever I'm struggling through right this moment, it's not my forever. Um, I recently had a bout of anxiety and it was just a couple of months where I was just really, really anxious. And like, I've kind of come out on the other side of it, but a huge thing that kind of just, I kept repeating to myself is like, this isn't forever. Like I don't live typically the whole of my life in anxiety. So this moment, this is a moment. It's not mm -hmm. forever. It feels to me like times of our lives that are the most stressful are the times when we can't believe or can't imagine how the bad thing won't last forever, or we don't see a way of knowing how it could or what, what will change. Like I think about part of what seemed to be so petrifying to people at the beginning of the COVID pandemic was that we didn't have a, a roadmap for this or to know like, how does this play out and how does it end? Especially when it became clear that it'll just be two weeks of you no know, uh, shutdown became months and how everything changed. Um, for a lot of people, what was so scary was the idea that the the we don't know how this will end or how long it will take. And when you can tell yourself the uncomfortable thing will only last a little bit and you know either because there's something that guarantees that it will end or you have a strategy for how you'll get through it, that's different. But when things feel like open-endedly bad, that's really, really hard. And it, it becomes an act of faith almost to say this too will pass. It's interesting because uh, as you point out, it, this that line can be a word of comfort when you're suffering. Uh, and it, it reminds me of um, a line of Frederick Buechner's uh, about the resurrection. Buechner says, the resurrection means at least that the worst thing is never the last thing. Um, and I mm -hmm. love that. Like, you know, for someone who's, who's uh, okay with engaging skeptics and people who are not sure what their faith looks like, to be able to say, the worst never it, it, it never gets the last word that yeah that's that's possible but that's also possible if you're living in a world where this too shall pass i guess i wonder if the, the there's value in the flip side that as you pointed out there it's harder for us to remind ourselves when things are going well because you don't want to be like the saturday night live debbie downer character who always like rains on people's parade but like if there's value when you're living through something good to say something like hold on to this moment or remember it or savor it because you aren't guaranteed that it will last or ever make the most of this, that it may be a way of preventing us from taking things for granted. I mean, possibly, I think that's always the hope, but like it's, my, my children are almost four and six right now. Like those mm -hmm. are their ages. And um, I am, because of their ages, like I am very much aware of how fleeting this part of their childhood is. Like yeah. uh, my oldest is now reading, like he's getting ready to go into the first grade and he can read books. Like, and it, it's eye opening to me because I'm realizing that my time with him on cuddling on the couch and like being the one that's reading to him is coming to an end. Like this is shifting. And he's wanting to be the reader and like, that's exciting and thrilling. And like, but that's a whole new adventure. And like, 
and so like I'm I struggle in this like very transition moment of his reading his reading journey of knowing that one part of this where I am still reading to him that hasn't fully ended and he hasn't fully begun just sitting on his own and reading like so trying to like appreciate and enjoy the thing that I have right now without too much grieving what isn't quite done yet like I don't want to be prematurely grieving this this previous stage of me being the reader because I'm still doing that right and Mm -hmm. like that might continue on for a few more years like I don't know um or he might decide in two weeks that he really wants to be independent and he doesn't want to have that time with me anymore and he wants to just read on his own I don't know like if I spend too much time worrying like grieving the thing that is passing and or too much time worrying about the future and how it's going to look I'm going to miss the here and now yeah and so I have to like somehow appreciate the here and now yeah. While also being fully aware that things are changing and like yeah. celebrating that and grieving it, like it's a balancing act, right? And yeah. I think that that's a lot of our lives in any time because uh, God says that God is doing a new thing and we don't know exactly what that looks like. And some of the stuff I think that we will probably be grieving of we miss and liked how it was but yet the thing that we are promised whatever that may look like we are told is better somehow Mm -hmm. to me it feels like the the way to to prevent premature grieving which i that's a helpful phrase is like the the just letting that sentence this too shall pass or that sentiment um prevent us from taking things for granted and maybe that's it that it's like instead of Oh, I'll spend time with my kids tomorrow because today I've got a TV show to watch. I mean, like it's it's a question of like priorities, and like and and for me that's where it's valuable as a as a clarifying like today is the day I've been given. This is the moment I can count on. What's worth spending this time on, and um that that for me becomes a helpful way of clarifying so that um not like I'm constantly worried or or tearing up that um. My kids are going to grow up on me, but like, that's going to happen. Will I participate in while it happened or am I going to miss it? Cause I was busy doing other things. That for me is the, the question and that, that this becomes helpful for. Um, like I, I think about the lately I've been um, making a lot of visits to somebody who's on hospice care and um, there's this awareness both for me and for the family that like, there are only so many more visits everybody's going to get. And uh, it's not at the point of like, there needs to be round the clock, everybody there all the time. Because, you know, like sometimes you can sort of tell with some diagnoses, oh, it's going to be in the next 48 hours, this person will die. And so we all need to be there nonstop. But it's in that this is lingering. We don't know. It could be weeks. It could be less. It could be longer. But there's that sense of there's a finite amount of time. Don't miss this. Um, And that has a sense of, like for me, of, if I have the choice in the morning of doing paperwork or going and making a visit to this person, nope, this is, I, I need to go see the person. The paperwork will wait. Uh, or the paperwork mm-hmm. can be done at uh, nighttime when everybody else has gone to bed and I can't make it. It's a question of what, what needs to be done now in this moment. And for me, 
that that sentiment, whether it's this too shall pass or Ecclesiastes, everything is vapor, um, has a way of making me ask all the time, how should I be using this moment? And how will I get to the end of this day and not regret I wasted my time on things that didn't really matter? So being a, an optimistic realist that I like to th think that I am, so often when we hear this phrase, this too shall pass, and, and we've talked about this, it, we're going through a bad time and thinking, okay, things are going to get better eventually. And when we, when we take that, when we're having, when things are going well, we assume that then things are going to get bad again. But what if this too shall pass means that we go from good to better? Sure. Or from better to, you know, even greater sure. than that. Sure. You know, that, that's, and I, I get that. Um, that's the realist part of me is like, we often think, okay, well, now I'm on this mountaintop experience. When's the next shoe going to drop? Mm -hmm. That life's going to go back down in the valley. Right. But sometimes, you know, this too shall pass means, and so you're kind of saying this about your oldest and, you know, the, the excitement, the, the grief of not being, his, you know, reading to him anymore, but the excitement and the fact that he is learning to read on his own. And he's gaining independence, which is what any good parent wants for their child. Right. So, like, it, it's kind of like this too shall pass can be used in a lot of different seasons sure. for a lot of different things. And it's not just good to bad or bad to good. I yeah. think you've hit on something really important. You're going to say something, Sarah. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's very true. Like, if, if the movie Inside Out has taught us anything, it's that we have complex emotions and that it is entirely possible to feel multiple emotions at once. Mm -hmm. And I think that this too shall pass is super duper comforting when we're like in the depths of despair or grief or whatever. But also I think it can be used at those times when we're feeling all of those complex emotions of excitement and grief and mm -hmm. like whatever. Like I, as much as I grieve being the only person reading on the couch and like having them cuddled up against me and like being able to do all the voices and like you know, if I didn't, didn't like a sentence in a book because I found that one sentence to be problematic, I could just skip it. <laughs> and it was fine. Um, now I have somebody going, wait, this book has the word heck in it, mom. What? Like, we're not supposed to say it, but it's right there, mom. It's right there. And it's like, ah, oh, darn, now I have to have a conversation about this. Yeah. <laughs> um, or like, you know, and, you know, doing partner reading. And that's very mm -hmm. exciting where I read all the left-hand pages and my oldest reads all the right-hand pages. You know, that's very exciting in a whole new way that I wasn't anticipating. It's a new, exciting thing. Love it. Um, but also I grieve sometimes that reading bedtime stories takes twice as long now. Yeah, yeah. Like and, there's a yeah. lot of emotions. Mm -hmm. I, th I think it's that awareness that things will keep changing and maybe that's an even more fundamental piece about this too shall pass is that sometimes you're right, Erica, it goes from good to even better and then it gets even better still. And sometimes it's messier. It's not really a good to bad spectrum, but it's like I knew how to handle the dynamics of an earlier time. And when they change, some things turn mm -hmm. out to be better and some things are just hard and some things are different. And um, 
I, again, I, I feel like this is going to keep coming back in this series because this is a part of being human, is I think control and fear of not being in control is a big piece of this. And what makes yep. the present at least, it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. And like when you're going through something terrible, it's like, well, I hate this. So at least knowing that this won't last forever is like maybe the next thing will be better. But there's also that awareness of when things are going well, part of it is I know how to handle what's coming at me now. It doesn't mean that now it doesn't have problems, but I know how to face them. And when things change, it feels like, well, the things that I like might go away and I'm scared about that going away. Mm -hmm. And the things that I don't like might get bigger and I don't like that. So we get afraid of it. And the awareness of that's just how life is. There is no other version of life where everything stays the same the way we want it to all the time. It's the question of whether we will, with open eyes, accept that life is constantly changing or whether we'll, you know, fight up against that and try to make things permanent. In some ways, I don't want to go here, but I'm going to go here. Um, I was a huge fan of the depth of the original Lego movie from like, I don't know, five, six, eight years ago um, that ended up being really having, having this deep lesson about like, if you try and get everything fixed and permanent, which is what the dad wants to do, turning the Lego toys by, you know, super gluing them and making them permanent and fixed, like you ruin what the point is that there needs to be, you build things and you take them apart and they change. And that sometimes is messier and complicated. Um, I was not expecting a movie called the Lego movie to have like a deep philosophical message, but like, man, that was helpful for me because yeah, it's like, is the goal of life having a finished permanent product that never changes or is it the activity along the way with the people who are part of building and taking apart and sometimes it's messy and complicated and it seems to me that movie and i would say the bible ends uh, air, you know, lands on the side of nope it's about the journey of building and taking things apart along the way because the, the stuff that we think is going to last it won't you can either be honest about that and figure out ways to cope with a world and life that is constantly changing or you can live in an illusion that you can, if I just had the power, or if I just had this, or I just could get everybody to agree with me, I'd make things perfect and stay still forever. And that turns out to be an illusion. I think biblically, the book of Ecclesiastes that we've been talking about comes from that place because that, that book is written from the perspective of someone who claims to have had power and wealth and all the positions of privilege of royalty and theoretically had all the ability to make things exactly how we wanted it to be and discovers every time I tried to make things exactly how I wanted and finally, you know, this will make me happy. It turns out it, you know, slips through your fingers like the air. Um, and that when we hear this sentence in that context, it's a reminder of not wasting our lives by trying to make things permanent that aren't permanent and aren't designed to be permanent. You know, my favorite chapter of Ecclesiastes is, well, not the whole chapter, but the first, <laughs> what is it, eight, ten verses of chapter, you know, yeah. <laughs> chapter three. Um, mm -hmm. There's a time for every season. And, you know, that, that you were just saying, you know, we live in an ever-evolving, ever-changing world. And while hard seasons are hard and painful and things that we typically don't want to go through, especially things like grief it's you know it's those hard seasons that help us appreciate even all the more the more joyful seasons sure you know loss helps us to appreciate what we have sure. you know pain helps us to appreciate health and and the lack of pain you know evil helps us you know appreciate the good in the world and if we didn't have the hard seasons the bad seasons then we wouldn't see the beauty in the good seasons. 
of life. And I would even go further than that, maybe to say that uh, not just as a polarity between good and bad or hard and easy, but like there's this organic sense, I think, I think especially in Ecclesiastes, but like we were talking a minute ago about like raising children, that um, the idea of loving things and people that are bound in time means that there is a progression to how they exist mm -hmm. and children move from being babies to being toddlers, to being children, to being grown up. And there is heartache and there is joy at every stage. It's not just like sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, but more like mm -hmm. every stage involves that. And, and to see like, this is what humans are supposed to do is to grow up means that either I can fight against it and try to keep my kids children forever. Uh, or I can be like, nope, that's not my job is not to keep them my little child forever. I'm supposed to let them grow up and also to accompany them and equip them for being grown-ups in the world because a, uh, the finished product of being human is like to be a mature functioning adult um and like when we get that like that allows it to be like every season is going to bring hardship it's just you trade what you know it's changing dirty diapers for a while and waking up in the moonlight screaming or crying or whatever and eventually that subsides but then it's video games and dating <laughs> like you know there, there's no point at which it's it's mm -hmm. uh pain free or all good or all bad but more like the nature of things is that they grow and change um and that's that sort of organic sense of that's that's what life is and even like in the seasons like and that's part of the beauty that's everything there's a season like when when it's time to to sow seeds in the ground you're not eating anything right now so it's a lot of hard work for what looks like nothing but that's the only way you get to a plant that's going to produce a fruit or a crop or whatever is if there's planting and when it's time for harvesting great enjoy it but that doesn't last forever once you harvested now we're moving to the next season. And when it looks like a fallow season, it's not really nothing is happening. The soil is getting replenished for the next, you know, growing season. Each of those mm -hmm. is necessary. So it's not even that one is good and one is bad. And you got to get through the bad to get to the good. So much as each has its moment in that cycle. And to be able to recognize that gives you sort of this bigger, wider perspective on, oh, my goodness, I'm a part of something so much vaster and more complex than just my personal wish at the moment. I'm a part of something much, much larger and bigger. To me, it feels like this sentiment uh, is one of those points of continuity between uh, the the scriptures, especially the strand that is in Ecclesiastes, uh, maybe in Jesus' parables, and um, strands of Buddhism that sort of focus on everything is transient and everything is uh, impermanent and you have to savor or make the most of the moment that you're in. And while there's Sometimes when our conversation with other faith traditions is, well, you see it this way, but we'd say it differently and we disagree. This would be one of those points where um, there are there are voices within Buddhism that would go, yeah, we were saying the same thing. It's just we had a different you know, language for it. Um, but this is one of those points where Ecclesiastes and Zen Buddhism would find itself nodding in the same direction going, yep, this is how the world is. Constant change. Maybe a place of difference, though, is there is this like other voice within the scriptures, particularly you could say in the New Testament of even if this physical life that we live now is temporary and everything will eventually break or everything will eventually change. There is some hope of like what will last and that it is in the end, not our money or our stuff or, our, you know, raising our kids or whatever, but that the things of God are the things that will last or that love in the end is what lasts, not to be sentimental about it, but like ultimately um, in the end, these three abide, faith, hope, and love, right? I mean, like, like a lot of other stuff is going to crumble, and what will have turned out 
to be worth spending our lives on will have been the things that had to do with love, honestly. I mean, like loving of God and loving of the people God puts in our lives. Amen. <laughs> that may then be the way we have to hear when Jesus talks about like, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth that where moth will eat and you know rust will consume, but store up your treasures in heaven. And he is clearly not talking about some sort of like heavenly bank account where you can put money in and then access it one day after you die. But it's about saying like all the stuff that people spend their energy and time on is eventually going to crumble to nothingness. So you can either admit that or just not spend your life chasing after it. Um, and instead spend your energy on the things that matter. Um, and so Jesus ends up saying, so seek first the, the kingdom of God, the reign of God. That's what's going to matter. And then everything else that matters will come along for the ride. And the things that don't matter, you'll discover you could let go of you didn't really need. I guess if there's one thing that says, though, it's that to, to live that way of life or to see that that's in the scriptures means that the, the scriptures are not like a secret code for how to get success and health and wealth. That like at no point is it if I do the things the Bible tells me that will be the key to being healthy and wealthy and that kind of thing. If anything, the Bible's like, nope, you'll discover those are not things that mattered. And you'll discover how to spend your life on things that do matter in a world and in a life where everything changes. Anything else we need to say on this subject? This subject, too, will pass. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and it seems that we have now arrived at the time at which it shall pass and it shall have passed. <laughs> and that means that. As we end this episode, we invite you to join us next time for more conversations on things that aren't in the Bible next time here on Crazy Faith Talk. See y'all. See you.